Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsessions with my co-host Frank Santo Padre and our special guest, Mishkite Wibbly. <laughs> what? Is Mishkite a name? Mishkite Wibbly. <laughs> is that Yiddish? Yes. <laughs> Just go with Martha Washington. You're, if it's all MWs. Michael Weber is back. Thank Ladies and gentlemen, Oscar-nominated screenwriter. And there's no shame in losing to 102-year-old James Ivory. No, no, no. I, I lost to the only writer I can take in a fight. Exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> With all due respect, the man has a body of work. That's true. So he, it, the, he's it, a it legend. may have been a retroactive it's, Oscar. It's no, You know what? And it was a great movie. Yeah, so. it was a great movie. Mike Weber is back. We ran out of time on the uh, proper In Memoriam episode. We did character actors and actors and former podcast guests and we ran out of time we didn't want to rush through these great people and these great talents we have some behind the scenes people to discuss writers and directors these are my people these are your peeps jews (laughs) (laughs) we're only going through the jews (laughs) let's start with the directors and work our way down to uh to our people uh to writers um nicholas rogue director nicholas rogue died at the ripe old age of 90 um he entered the business, like Gilbert, as a tea boy, serving tea <laughs> on set. Uh, second Became a second unit, uh, uh, I guess he was a second unit cameraman on uh, Lawrence of Arabia. David Lean employed him as a young man, cinematographer on Dr. Zhivago. I mean, this is a way to yeah, start a career. But then he was fired. Was he? Uh, he was fired I didn't from find Zhivago. That. Uh, because he clashed with Lean, which is amazing. Very good stuff. Yeah. I liked uh, his work on Roger Corman's Mask of the Red Death. Do you know he shot some of those pictures? Oh. Those Corman. Those Corman no, uh, I didn't uh, know. He uh, shot Petulia for Richard Lester. And he shot Petulia. Richard Lester's now, still around. Now, now, he did that. He's a recluse. The Donald Sutherland. Don't look now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. which is I, a seriously creepy movie. I, I remember I saw that in a theater, and I complained to the management because I think it was the TV version they showed, because there there was no nudity. Really interesting. Well, and and that the 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 famous uh, legend to that is allegedly Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie were actually fucking. That that's was the, right. That's the legend the rumor. for a long time. But yeah. then I think in recent years Sutherland said no. But... I think they used it to promote the film. I think it right. made good good copy. So an interesting thing, the, the American censors uh, said to said to him, the director, we cannot see humping. There cannot yeah. be humping. That's the word they use. Humping. That's yeah. why that's uh. why that sex scene, there's the inner cutting. Of them getting dressed. Uh, uh, that sort of going yeah, back and forth strange. because that was a way to pass the censors. Yep. And it got it got an R uh, in America and it got an X uh, from the British censors. Sutherland, the same, the same yeah, cut. That's a, it's a it's a fascinating movie yeah. to look at, and, and it's a ter- and it's a terrifying movie. It's on Criterion now. And yeah. There's that creepy midget woman played by Jerry Marin. Yes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's played a callback, by Jerry folks. Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Warren Beatty was dating uh, Julie Christie at the time of making it, and the the legend you're talking about. Beatty was so upset about what he was hearing about this scene, he flew to London and and demanded that the scene be cut from the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you found good stuff. You find research I don't even find. Writers and directors, these are my people. Mm-hmm. I, so so Beatty's angry about anybody else getting pussy. <laughs> yes. Like, he's the only one. He's yeah. a little selfish. He had yeah. enough to go around. Nice work, Mort Wasserman. 
Sutherland must have liked him because he named one of his sons after him. Oh, wow. Um, uh, also, the, we should talk about Walkabout, which is a really wonderful movie. Oh, that's with um, 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 Jenny Agutter. J- Jenny Agutter, who is naked in so many movies. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yes, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, uh, and she was naked in that one, too. I also and, like uh, The Man Who Fell Walkabout. to Earth. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, with our former podcast guest, Buck Henry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and significance. Um. And he influenced everybody from Soderbergh to Ridley Scott to Danny Boyle to Christopher Nolan. Um, quite a filmmaker. Yeah. Let's talk about Bertolucci. Bernardo Bertolucci died. You, you go from one uh, controversial sex scene to another. I'm going from one controversial sex scene to another. Now, he last was tango. in Guinea. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the rumor. Yeah. <laughs> How did you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he aspired to be a poet. Growing up. Right, his dad was a poet. Yes, his dad was a poet. Um, yes, but uh, I've never seen The Conformist, I must I, admit. I own The Conformist on DVD. I have not seen it. It is. Should I see it? It is an all-time great film. Really? And okay. It, it holds up. It is brilliant. It is, uh, it, like, I, I, I beg of anyone listening, go see The Conformist. Including it's, me. Yes. I have seen 1900, again with your boss. Yeah. A young uh, Mr. I, De Niro. The Conformist is better. Okay, I do love and, The and Last Emperor. shorter. Oh, yeah. I love The Sheltering Sky. I love The Last Emperor. So, interesting about Bertolucci, he has a story credit on Once Upon a Time in the West. Interesting. Yeah. He helped cook up the story. He doesn't have a screenplay credit, but a story I didn't know that. And he also gifted Hollywood with the, uh, he gave Hollywood the gift of Vittorio Storaro, who shot Reds and Apocalypse Now. Right, and The Conformist was their first uh, collaboration, and it's brilliant. Okay, it's at the top of my list. And I have to say, like, um, there was a documentary a couple years ago, Listen to Me, Marlin. I don't know if you guys saw it uh, yeah. about Marlon yeah. Brando, but the documentary was entirely constructed uh, using private unreleased audio tapes that Brando had kept for decades. And when you see the documentary, you realize a lot of Brando's sort of weird meandering uh, monologues in Last Tango were actually Brando talking about himself, his own life, his mom, his How family. Bizarre. So it's sort of, you watch this Brando doc and it kind of unlocks aspects of last tango that you weren't really aware of yeah inter- not not exactly a feminist no i mean <laughs> yeah, a me know, too there was a me too moment and then some yeah i mean controversial you know uh, maria, maria schneider. schneider was 19 yeah, yeah. uh you know and and in years later said you know basic she said essentially she was raped i mean because she didn't know that that the whole butter thing was they didn't discuss that with her it just happened yeah yeah. That's, you know, obviously extremely unfortunate. And, Very unfortunate. And I think it's led to a lot of conversations, obviously, in Hollywood to sort of make sure that type of thing never That movie again. was hard to watch at best. Yeah. Last Tango. Yeah. But but now that now it's even more tainted. If you see this, Listen to Me, Marlon, it's, it's hard, it kind of really makes you want to then go back and rewatch it and like a new lens of like Brando's pain. But on the subject of movie theaters going away, which we talked about on the, on the full episode, um, he said, maybe I'm a... Uh, Maybe I'm an idealist, but I still think of a movie theater as a cathedral where we all go to dream the dream yeah. together, uh. which I thought was lovely. Um, yeah, I will recommend. I have. I will see the Conformist on on your say so, but I will recommend uh, the Sheltering Sky. And the Last yeah. Emperor won Best Picture. It, yeah, it beat out uh, Broadcast News and Fatal Attraction. I love myself some Broadcast News. Me too. But the Last Emperor is a pretty goddamn good movie. Yeah. Um, I want to mention a director that only made a few films and be- he, because he was a television writer who crossed over. And I don't know how many people know the name Hugh Wilson. Do you know who that is, Gilbert? No. He died. He was the creator of WKRP in Cincinnati. 
And Police Academy. And Police Academy. <laughs> and Frank's Place with Tim Reed. Oh. Which was uh, a very good show. And the famous Teddy Z. Oh. Uh, now, there's a show that... that, that Canceled too soon. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. With Alex movie, Rocco. And a movie, um, Rustler's Rhapsody. Rustler's Rhapsody. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, sort of has a cult following now. With Andy Griffith and Tom Berenger. Yep. And and John Wayne's son. Correct. He he was uh, he was an MTM guy, and uh, he, became a, he became a film director. He made Guarding Tess, which is a pretty good movie, with Austin Pendleton. Ah, uh, yes. He's another and guy. The First Wives Club. We were talking about this in the other episode. He didn't, he had an, a career in advertising. Yes, correct. Did not work in entertainment at all. And then at age 30, walked away from, he was, I think, running an ad agency That's or something, right. walked away from that and became uh, Grant Tinker's gopher. He became, right, that's right. And then he, which is crazy. He worked his way up to being an MTM guy on shows yeah. like, producing and writing shows like New Heart and, and I Mary feel like Tell you guys Mark. have had some guests at certain points who started off in the advertising world or sort of, I feel like a lot of people. Bob Einstein. Right, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so Hugh Wilson, uh, yeah, First Wives Club, which is a, which is a fun movie too uh, that he made. Um Another, I, I think he only did the first Police Academy, right? I, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, but Bailey Quarters, uh, to our WKRP fans, was based on his wife, the oh. Jan Smithers character. Ah, yeah, oh. and we should get Howard Hesseman. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yeah, and, we, we and should get him to come and talk to when, us. Whenever I think about and or Tim Reed. Whenever I think about WKRP in Cincinnati, I think how the uh, owner of the studio. In it, what was his Les name? Les Nesman. Les Nesman yeah. <laughs> was the child molester on different strokes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> with, the, with the fridge. Or, right? Yes, uh, yeah. yes. I thought the child molester. Oh, no. Uh, you're thinking of the other guy. You're thinking of, um, oh, God. What was that? From Alf. No, no. No, no, no. It was, yeah, you might be it was right. The K- no, it was WKRP in Cincinnati. Yes, it was him. Yes. And it right, was same guy? With, with Dudley. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. He was a child. Yeah. <laughs> he played one. He it's... ran the bicycle shop, which was the ideal place for a child. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. I'm thinking I mean. of a different actor, and I'm thinking of something else. Uh, let's talk about Milos Forman. Yeah. Who passed away. A great director. Great American director. Uh, rough childhood, what, to say what, the least. Well, he was not Jewish. Yes. Um, but his father was killed by uh, the Gestapo. Correct. And his mother died in Auschwitz. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the, yeah. It turns out the man killed by the Gestapo was somebody he thought was his father, was not his biological father. Oh, interesting. Yeah, his, bi- his biological father actually survived. Yeah, wow. So that that was actually a, a... But they were killed, I guess, because they were part of the anti-Nazi They were part of the underground, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did you know that about him? No. Yeah, yeah. very t- difficult childhood. Uh, and his mother died in, in the camps. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And when the when the tanks rolled into Czechoslovakia, he came to America, and uh, he had made a couple of films in Czechoslovakia: "Loves of a Blonde" and "The Fireman's yep. Ball," uh, which are part of the French new uh, the French the Czech new wave. "Loves of a Blonde" is on Criterion. It's beautiful, black and white. Yes, really yes. Movie. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. I haven't seen it since film school. Uh, his first American film was Taking Off, a movie that we are going to recommend yes. with Buck Henry. Yes. <laughs> Who keeps turning God. up. I've never seen it. I yeah, have to see it. See okay. that one. That one's a lot of fun. Buck Henry, by the way. Interesting. I mean, turning Amazing. up with Nicholas Rogue movie yeah. and and Foreman and, and Heaven Can Wait. And, and most importantly with me and Hot to Try. Most important. <laughs> most important. And uh, I remember running into Buck Henry somewhere and I said... We were in the same movie, and he looks at me disgusted, and he goes, H.T. 
T. <laughs> Not on the top of his resume. Yeah, couldn't uh, even say the title. I guess taking off led to him getting Cuckoo's Nest. Michael Douglas was producing Cuckoo's Nest, and they saw something. I'm not sure if it was taking off or his check films, but they saw something in his work. And it's only Cuckoo's Nest was only the second film uh, to win all five major Academy Awards. Best Picture, Actor, Actress, That's Director, right. and Screenplay. It happened one night the it first one? happened one night, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it happened again. The, 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 all five one more time in the years since. Oh, God. Since Cuckoo's Nest, this happened one other time. Now I don't even know, and I should. Ernest goes to camp. That's yes. it. Yes, that's it. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I was gonna say Baps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Booty Call. Silence of the Lambs. Good. Yeah. That's good trivia. And I read one really weird thing. He had a lot of random projects in the works that would sort of come and go over. Oh yes. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this, Frank? Go ahead. So in the early '90s, uh, he co-wrote a screenplay called Hell Camp. Do you know about Hell Camp? No, I don't. Okay. It's about an American-Japanese love affair in the world of sumo wrestling. And TriStar pulled the plug four days before they started shooting because of pressure from Japan's Sumo Wrestling Association. That blows my mind. Because Foreman refused to do their notes. The that, Sumo Wrestling Association was like, we have notes, and he said no, and TriStar was like, this is too dicey, I gotta pull the plug. Well, he had a lot of interests. I want to recommend Hair, which I think is underrated. Written by Michael Weller, yes. and I get his residual checks accidentally from the guild oh, sometimes. Oh, good, good playwright, Michael Weller. I have Weller. to send them back and say, <laughs> that's not me. Um, Ragtime, which is another picture oh, I yeah. like. Well, and that's that's Michael Weller, yeah. Michael yeah. Weller, yeah. Um, I like both those pictures. Of course, Amadeus in 84, one, one of my favorite yeah. movies, and one of those movies I can watch over and over and over again. Which was on Broadway, um, and when it was on Broadway, uh, it was um, Tim Curry played Mozart, and Tim Curry was replaced by Mark Hamill. Oh! And Mark Hamill wanted to be in the movie, and Foreman said no because audiences only associate you with Luke Skywalker. That's a shame. Oh. That's a shame. And yeah. he cast Tom Hulse. Yeah, who's amazing. Yeah, I read an interview in doing research on Foreman with, with F. Murray Abraham, and he's right. He said he, Foreman had a lot of balls. He had the clout to cast anybody. In those roles. And he cast Tom Hulse and F. Murray Abraham. And it it's, it works. And it's it brilliant. works. And it works brilliantly. And and we'll also mention uh, two movies written by our friends, Larry and Scott. Oh. Man, Man on the Moon. Right. And uh, The People versus Larry Flint. And I have to I have to recommend, there was a documentary that came out uh, about a year and a half ago called Jim and Andy uh, and the Great Beyond. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. That was a strange one. And Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it about yet. About the making of Man on the Moon- and how Jim Carrey never left character. Yeah. And you see Milos Forman very quickly. I think it's the first day on set. And he's kind of throwing up his hands like, what the fuck is going on here? Because Jim Carrey refused to be addressed as Jim Carrey. He was Andy Kaufman on set. And, and stayed that way to the point where Andy Kaufman's relatives visit set. And there's footage of this in the documentary. Wild. And he stays as Andy Kaufman in character talking to Andy's relatives even though he's Jim Carrey. Yeah, I got to see that. It, it, it really, I, like the audience for this podcast will love this documentary. He fought for artist rights. He was a passionate guy. He testified before Congress a couple of times. Mm. Uh, Larry wrote something very nice about him. Milos was our friend, uh, speaking of Scott as well. M uh, Milos was our friend and teacher. Uh, we made two movies together and every day spent with him was a unique adventure. 
And those are good movies. You, yeah. you met Larry and Scott, right? Uh, Finally? I, I met them uh, during all these sort of Oscar hullabaloo. They were so nice. There's a dinner for all the nominees in the week leading up to the awards. And, and Scott and Larry were both there. And they're, they're amazing. We're very and, fond of them. And most importantly, they wrote to problem child one yes. and two with Scott cried during the uh, yes <laughs> I don't think he'd mind me admitting that but he, he said it did on the show say because I asked him revealing that because I noticed and I said do you find a link between problem child and everything you've done afterwards and there was a direct wow. link if yeah. only they had written the sumo wrestling movie, it would have gotten made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three writers to mention quickly. Uh, Frank Buxton. I don't know that you'll know that name, but he wrote for The Odd Couple and Happy Days. He's got an interesting resume. Check it out. Uh, he was somebody we looked into. He was also the voice of Batfink. Does oh. anybody remember Batfink and Karate? Oh! <laughs> he was an interesting dude. I do remember, actually. Who did a lot of different kinds of things. And I love to mention people who were associated with The Odd Couple. Uh, the great Stephen Bochco which was a big loss. The wow. creator of, of NYPD Blue and L.A. Law and Doogie Howser and Hooperman and, and Cop Rock, uh, a New Yorker, really prolific writer. Uh, I met him once at a Writers Guild thing and, and he was so nice. Oh. And, so, and I, 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 I think I just had my first writing job and was barely had anything going on and he could not have been more friendly and warm. That's and, nice yeah. to hear. What a, a great body of work. And I want to mention a guy named Paul DeMeo who passed away who wrote one of my favorite movies, The Rocketeer. Oh, yeah. Very underrated. Yeah. That movie's great. Yeah, and died, and he was not very old at all. They've been trying for years to kind of remake The Rocketeer and sort of bring it back and give it another chance, but I, I, I that movie's great. Leave yeah. it alone. I should also say, too. Jennifer it, Connelly has great tits. That's a that's a trenchant insight. Thank you for <laughs> and, that. And I heard she's a Jew. Yes, yes, she yes. is. <laughs> oh, and she's Lordy. married to Paul Bettany. Yes, she yeah, is. But yeah, she's most a importantly. Lovely woman. On, when she dies on her tombstone, they're going to say, a Jew with great tits. <laughs> if you have anything to say about it. I also want to say, and I should have said this during the first show, we're not going to cover everybody. We're get, we'll get it. We'll get messages on social media. How could you leave this person out? How could you leave that person out? We, we go as fast as we can. We get as, to as many people as we can. We won't get to all the writers, all the directors. We'll put them up on social media if we, if we skip them for whatever reason. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Um, here's three legends. Uh, these are your people, writer boy. Legends. Let's start with somebody I knew personally, Harlan Ellison. Uh, I didn't know him well, but I had the good fortune of of spending a couple of days in his company, really? which I he, will never forget. He was a Jew. Yes, indeed, yeah. he was. <laughs> Yes, indeed, he, he was. was. <laughs> and he would have loved to discuss that with you. <laughs> Not only was he a Jew, he was beaten up for being a Jew because he was the only Jewish boy in his neighborhood wow. in Ohio. What was he like when you met him? Because his personality could be tricky. It, his reputation preceded him. He liked me for whatever reason. I dodged yeah. the bullet. You know, I was I, I was wary of him as, as, as one should be. But we just started talking about old character actors and old lounge oh, singers and Sinatra. He had a run-in with Sinatra, and I knew that story. And we discussed that. He just took a liking to me, which I was very grateful about. Um, but the, the legend is he has 1,700 published works between short stories, I, I, novellas, yeah. comic books, teleplays. I cannot think of a more prolific writer. Essays. I mean, that's 1,700. It's Yeah. It boggles the mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to, to sum up uh, Harlan 
We'll, we'll, but a fascinating we'll, life. Like I know he marched with um, Martin Luther King he Jr. Did indeed. I mean, he did indeed. He also was uh, Gilbert. You'll love this. He was he was hired by Disney to be a writer. Correct. And was fired on He's, his first day. He was proud of that story. <laughs> when <laughs> when Roy Disney overheard him in the commissary talking about wanting to make an animated porno featuring the Disney characters. <laughs> day one fired. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. NPR called him one of the most interesting humans on the earth. I think you and could I, still get fired for that today. I'm sure you could. Um, he used to bring baseball bats to meetings just in, <laughs> to make a point. He did not like executives very well. He did not suffer. He did not suffer them. Uh, Wrote the greatest gladly. Uh, Star Trek episode of the original series and never got over which, the fact that they messed with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which which was the be on Star the edge Trek. of forever. The, the Joan Collins episode, City on the, the, one, the, the one where yeah. they go back to the oh, to, to old Chicago. Yes, yeah. yes. But he wrote yes. a lot of TV. He wrote six, Route sixty six, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Uh, he wrote the Flying Nun, and when somebody asked him why, he said, "Why do you think, idiot? I was trying to fuck Sally Field." <laughs> uh, he wrote a column uh, about writers' rights. He was very, very he was a, a real um, advocate. For artist rights, I mean, uh, to 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 an extreme degree, um, sued James Cameron, uh, claiming that the Terminator really? story was cobbled together from parts of his stories from the Outer Limits. Ooh. One of them being Demon with a Glass Hand, Ooh. which is one of the stories that 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 he's uh, uh, well known for. Um, yeah, he marched with Dr. King. He uh, he had a, a famous run-in with Frank Sinatra. He was an enormous fan and friend of Brother Theodore, yeah. somebody who comes up on this show. You know, they always say to writers this whole thing of go go get life experience. He had it before you write. He had it. Uh, and and I was reading somewhere. I found a list of the the odd jobs he did before he became a writer. He was uh, a tuna fisherman. Yep. A crop picker. He was a nitroglycerin truck driver, a short order cook, a cab driver, a book salesman, a floor walker in a department store, a door to door brush salesman, and an actor. Yeah, I think he told me he was a lounge singer too. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> which may not be on that list. I had the pleasure of having Thanksgiving at Len Wein's house, the creator of Wolverine, who we we eulogized mm. last year. I was I was you know rootless in L.A. and didn't have family and had very few friends and and they took pity that's on that's an me. L.A. Thanksgiving though that's an L.A. Thanksgiving yeah. you know it well and they invited it was that or the diner and uh, they invited me over for Thanksgiving and Harlan held court and I told a story that he said I'm and he told me I'm stealing that story I'm changing the ending and I'm claiming it as mine <laughs> <laughs> and damn it if he didn't make the story better uh, which I'll tell. Um, and um, we never called him for this show. And that one I am really kicking myself for. He'd had a stroke. I didn't know what kind of condition he was in. Mm. I thought maybe I shouldn't roll the dice and, and press my luck since I'd had such good memories yeah. of him. And I didn't uh, I didn't want to run afoul of him. And uh, maybe I should have taken the chance. I still have his phone number written on my wall uh, at home. Uh, legendary. Read Harlan Ellison's Watching which I'll say to our listeners, which you, which you should read as well, yeah. which is a collection of reviews, a collection of his... Uh, I haven't read it. I have savage read it. reviews in some cases. Those are the best kind. Um, uh, you'll learn what Jerry Lewis syndrome is. Oh, my <laughs> which goodness. Which he talks about or, or uh, read his anthologies or the documentary Dreams with Sharp Teeth, which is great. Mm. Uh, uh, there's so much. You could, we, we could do whole episodes about Harlan Ellison yeah. and keep going. And here's another guy like that as we try to move along as fast as we can. And the Hot Rock came up on the previous show. Yep. And I think something else, the Great Waldo Pepper came up on the previous show. 
written by Goldman. the peerless William Goldman. He is my that that is my number one. He is my guy. He is as he's much the resp- granddaddy of screenwriters. As much responsible for any screenwriter for me wanting to do this, uh, uh, his work more than anyone else. And uh, I would say to anyone interested in in film history or the business, and especially if you're interested in screenwriting. He wrote uh, maybe the most brilliant book ever written it about is. about screenwriting and how fucked up the industry is. Uh, Adventures in the Screen Trade. I read it every year. Oh, I I, <laughs> I read it for the first time in college. Uh, that's great. And uh, I read it every couple I've of years. Hype and Glory's also. great too. Oh yeah. yeah. And, which uh, lie did I tell? Which lie did I tell? They're yeah. All great. And it's it's he's really just so brilliant and and uh, you know so many so many lines that 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 are everywhere now. Follow the money. Nobody knows anything. It's sure. really, it's, they, they all go back to him. Yeah. And it's really, um, what a career. Um, what a career. And, and wrote one it, of Gilbert's favorites, No Way to Treat a Lady. Oh, yes, yes. And, yeah. One of, the, one of the things in Adventures in the Screen Trade, he says, uh, if he could do his career all over again, he would make all the same decisions except he would not work on All the President's Men. I read that. It was the, the biggest regret of his career. Yeah. Because making that movie was such a nightmare and was so stressful and and was such a complicated process and he goes through it in the book in a lot more detail yes. in like a giant chapter but that it was so challenging it, it really um pained him in so many ways that he said if he could do it all over again he would not write that movie he won an oscar for that but would would choose to not do it all over it's again. it's a pretty perfect movie oh my god yeah it's yeah. really, uh, you know, maybe like the greatest movie ever made about process. My wife watches it every month to give, uh, to give her hope. And wow. isn't it, isn't <laughs> yeah. it you know what I mean? still in question how much of Goodwill Hunting um, yeah, that is in question. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote, and how much will uh, William so uh, he, Goldman? Later in life, in re- before he died, he denied it. But it's so weird to me that those guys never wrote another great movie. It, it's just a very... It's a little strange. It is a little Gus, strange. Gus Van Sant might have had his hands on it, too. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, the other interesting thing is considering... Um, Screenplay, I mean. William Goldman's career and all these movies we think about, like Marathon Man and All the President's Men and... Um, and Harper. And Harper. Yeah. Uh, Princess Bride, Misery. That's yeah, a great body of his work. His favorite movie of all time... That he wrote? No, no, no. Oh. His favorite movie of all time, Gunga Din. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hot to Trot. No. <laughs> that was his second favorite. Second. Uh-huh. Gunga Din. Pretty yeah, good choice. His second favorite. Uh, that's his favorite movie of all time. Pretty good so. choice. Um, well, he was a novelist. Again, we talk about people who had no designs on what their actual and careers And an advertising became. guy, I think, too. Yes. Yeah. But, but, but a novelist and, and didn't really plan to be a screenwriter. No, no. And The Princess Bride was a bedtime story. Correct. He whipped up for his, his two daughters like offhand, then turned it into a novel, then turned it into a movie. Here's some trivia, too. He and his brother, James Goldman, who wrote Lion in Winter, uh, and John Kander, the composer. Oh, yeah. From all that jazz and cabaret. They shared a walk-up apartment, the three of them. Wow. And all, when they were str- young and struggling, and all of them went on to win Oscars. That's amazing. That's kind of That's- fun. Wow. That's kind of fun. I also like Magic. Oh, the, yeah. The, uh, the Anthony Hopkins Very picture. strange movie. Yeah. Yes. Burgess yes. Meredith. Yes. Uh, Anne Margaret. Which he wrote. We've talked about Marathon Man on this show. Yes. At length. Terrific. Which is so good. To this day, like, I am so squeamish at the dentist. I was there last week. It's a nightmare for me. All because of that movie. And Harper, you know, which I watched recently. Yeah. Which is uneven, but good. He adop- adapted Ross McDonald. I mean, he he did adaptations. He did a lot of doctor work. We haven't mentioned Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I have to mention that. It, it, he said... Um, 
the scene of them jumping off the cliff into yeah. the water, you know, and they banter a yes. little bit and Redford can't swim. And that, um, he said he owes his entire career to that scene, that everything that came later in his career would not have happened if not for that. scene. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Simple oil of clove. Pain relief. Life could be that simple. <laughs> He's doing the dentistry for you. Yeah, he doctored other scripts: Chaplin, A Few Good oh, Men, so Dolores Claiborne, and the list goes on and on and on. And I spotted him in New York during a blackout, and I screamed like a little girl. Huge Knicks fan. Was at a lot of Knicks games for years. He was in declining health, so it's not. Yes, I think why we he was certainly already him. in decline when, by the time the podcast started. But I would see him at Knicks games, but be scared to go over and say something to him. Oh, so. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. There was a blackout when I first moved back to New York and I was walking around the Upper East Side with my friend Rick Willett and people were walking in the streets with flashlights. Wow. And I don't know how I spotted William Goldman in yeah, the dark, wow. but I screamed, William Goldman! <laughs> and he jumped <laughs> like someone was about to attack him. And then he told me he was going to tell his grandchildren that he was recognized in the dark. I even like Hearts in Atlantis. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, boy, one of a kind. Read those books. Adventures in the Screen Trade. Really, there, there'll uh, never be another one like which him. Which lie it's, did I tell? And I mean, he you, had a you great, know the movies. He had a great movie in four decades. That's pretty cool. I mean, what other screenwriter can you say that about? That's pretty cool. And if you haven't seen, uh, everybody's seen Misery, everybody's seen Princess Bride, but if you haven't seen Magic or uh, Harper or No Way to Treat a Lady, they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a body of work. Perhaps surpassed only by the person on this last card. And really? this and I don't know how we're gonna get to this in four minutes, but let's try. Uh Neil Simon mm. passed wow. away this year at ninety one. With Neil Simon, it's so funny, like it seemed almost like a machine. He would write a, a play, the play would become a Broadway hit, and then it would be made into a movie. Yep. And it seemed like it, Oh, practically every Again month. and again. Yeah. 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 Where do you begin? How do you wrap your arms around this guy's career and life and body of work? I mean, a Pulitzer, uh, you know, four Oscar nominations, 17 Tony nominations, 50 nominations for actors in his productions. He had almost that many marriages, too. Yes, a lot of marriages. The only living playwright to have a theater named after him. During one season, he had four successful plays uh, running in New York on Broadway at the same time. That's incredible. No one's ever had that. And then I, I think at one point late in his life, they they voted him as like no longer relevant or something. Like like he wasn't important to people anymore. That's can't, insane. Can't be. He would yeah. have been he would have been the perfect guest. I mean, you guys say that a lot, but he 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 got into writing because he loved Chaplin, Buster Keaton. I know uh, Laurel and Hardy. Like these were his guys. It was a reluctant interview, yeah. so I never went yeah. down that road. Um, and he and his health was failing. Yeah, for for years, I think even since we started the show. I mean, you could go back to the show of shows. You know, uh, uh, that experience and 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 that writer's room. Um, he had an unhappy childhood. You saw yeah. that in the notes yeah. that he used to escape into the into the movie theaters. Um, and he said that part of what made him a comedy writer was the pain of his childhood. And his parents were apparently always going at each other. Uh, first play, Come Blow Your Horn. Wow. Way back in 1961. Whew. And then that string of hits, uh, Barefoot in the Park, and, and then The Odd Couple, and Plaza Suite, and then it just kept going. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned the four plays playing simultaneously. And then there's the screenplays. 
you know, there's yeah. the Goodbye Girl and and the Out of Towners and Murder by Death. He wrote the screenplay for After the Fox. Oh, which wow. you, which, yes, which yes. you love. Yeah, uh, the Sunshine Boys. We have to mention. I mean, you can't. You know, you, there's. I can't think of a more prolific. No, it's writer. It, I don't know let how alone he did comedy it. writer. And just it's it's staggering to just and, sit there and, and like look. so many of them hold up too. So many of them hold That's up. The other I thing. know Dara's a big fan of the Out of Towners. Yeah. Um, he worked with a lot of our podcast guests too. And, Jake Wim, uh, Jake's uh, Women with Alan Alda. Yeah. Brighton Beach with Matthew Broderick. Joyce Van Patten and Ron Lieben were in the original cast of I Ought to Be in Pictures. Wow. And so. I remember hearing a story that Neil Simon, uh, when he was putting on The Art Couple, he wanted Walter Matthau to play Oscar. And Walter Matthau said, I know I can play Oscar. It's too easy. I want to act. Mm. And Neil Simon said, act in someone else's play. <laughs> 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 I love that. That's great. Uh, uh, the Goodbye Girl is a favorite of mine. Yeah. And if people who are listening to this show now haven't seen it, we did a mini episode about it. Get get after that. Uh, even stuff like Murder by Death and The Cheap Detective. I mean, they're fun. They don't entirely hold together, but there's great performances in them, and they're sweet. And it's, and it's the kind of comedy writing nobody's doing anymore. No. And what we love, so this show is so much about New York City, too, and New York City was a character yes. in so much of his work. You know, I want to point out point that out too. Yeah, the odd couple, Sunshine Boys, Prisoners of Prisoner of Second, Second Avenue, oh, the out of towners. You could go on and on. Bear I the park. saw Prisoner of Second Avenue on Broadway with Peter Falk and Lee Grant. Oh, oh, lucky you! Yeah, did you tell Lee that when we had her on the show? I uh, probably not. She probably would have gotten a kick out of that. What do we want to recommend from this list? Wow. What I, do we where want to do tell, you begin? Where do you I mean, want to tell people to see? I'm going to say the goodbye girl for sure. And uh, I love the out-of-towners also. Yeah, and the yes. Sunshine Boys. Yeah. And if anybody can find a copy of Laughter on the 23rd Floor. Does it exist? Because they uh, never turned that into a movie. I think they made a TV movie. Oh, really? About it. I could be wrong. They did. I've never yeah. seen it. I'd love to see uh, that. I saw it with Nathan Lane on stage, wow. and it was a revelation. Uh, nobody like him. Also, the comedy of Jewishness. Yes. Gilbert, I mean, he's of that that Bruce J. Friedman oh, oh, the, definitely. The school of Jewish humor, the comedy of angst, the comedy of I also of read somewhere, this is so random, uh, he had a kidney transplant in 2004. His publicist gave him a kidney. Oh, yes. Would yes. Your, Gilbert, would your publicist give you a kidney? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give Gilbert one after the show's over. <laughs> nice. After we finish this. Bill Prady, the, comedy, the very accomplished comedy writer, uh, said no American comedy writer... Uh, isn't influenced by his rhythm, by the rhythm and music of his words. And I think I yeah. think that's true. It's really, I remember like my earliest uh, memories of watching movies are my grandparents sitting me down and showing me his work. It's yeah. really, yeah, there'll yeah. never be another. Yeah. Sometimes when we're doing this show and I'm, and I'm doing the research and I think, boy, I just want to do a marathon. I just want to lock myself in the house and watch every Neil yeah. Simon movie and read every Neil Simon play. And I want to do that with, with William Goldman too. Yeah. I bet the two of them probably have more things on TCM than any other writer, like on a regular basis. Yeah. A big loss this year and a lot of wonderful people lost this year. And we try to keep their names alive and we try to keep their memories alive. So, Michael, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. For being part of this. This is uh, a lot of fun. It's really, you know, some special people that are gone. We're but, uh, we're it's nice to have a place to talk about their work. They are special people. 
and uh, we'll we'll do we'll do a music episode with our friend Raybone oh. uh, <laughs> next next week up. And there was some wonderful. How's his health? Uh, he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. He's taking shots. <laughs> he's getting uh, he's getting fluids. Gilly, this has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre and our special guest Mushi Wushi. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole Asian thing there in that you know one. What? It works. Mushi Wushi? Mushi. He used to play Japanese general. I didn't know that. In With Richard Liu? Yes. <laughs> By the way, if you ever need a pseudonym, if you ever have cause to I, put a pseudonym know, on your work, I think you've got some to choose from. Oh my God, I have quite a few now. We are it. we are thrilled that you came here and joined Thanks us. Thanks for, for this. having me back, guys. Okay, pal. We'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs>